0: Welcome home. A Feminine Factor. The Final Frontier. A Hachana for Chaf Beis Shvat. Appendix. The Sicha of Chaf Beis Shvat 5752, published under the title Kuntras Becha Yevarech Yisrael, 5752, is a groundbreaking and in many ways astounding Sicha. In it, the Rebbe presents the idea that the yard site of Rebetzin Chaya on Chaf Beis Shvat was a watershed moment in the story of our generation. To understand the significance of Chav Bey Shvat, the Rebbe explores the significance of the number 11 and the role it plays in the imminent coming of Mashiach. 10 and 11 In the project of crafting a dira tainim there are two elements. One, Hashem himself, forever transcendental and infinite, the one who desires this dira, 2. The finite and limited world that is the object of this deep desire. These two elements carry numerical significance. The number 10 correlates to the 10 spheres, the spiritual building blocks of our defined and limited reality. In a broader sense, the number 10 represents takhtaynim and our experience in the world. The one who stands outside of any kind of limited reality is termed the 11th in Kabbalah, in the sense that he transcends all the boundaries and limitations that are the result of the spheris. 11 is the etzem, God himself. At the original giving of the Torah, there was the revelation of the 11 etzem within the 10, our limited physical world. However, the yidin and the world were completely passive at that time. Hashem initiated the relationship before the world was prepared to internalize His presence or understand what it meant. Thus, the experience of godliness overwhelmed the Jewish people's ability to exist as limited beings, and their souls literally escaped their bodies. After it was over, they were unable to take most of the experience with them back into normal life. So the effect of the entire experience, on the surface at least, was temporary. Ultimately, the goal is for the Yidin within their day-to-day life to unpack the full experience of Hashem's presence that they saw at Har Sinai. And they must do so purely as a result of their own work. In terms of our model, they must unpack the eleven within the ten. They do this by treating the world around them as if it were nothing but an interface for connection to Hashem, and by learning Tyra with the awareness that it is the words of Hashem that roll off their tongues. This bottom up transformation is a permanent one. In its completed form, it is the reality of Mashiach, which is ushered into our reality from within. Three phases. Using this model, We can understand the role that the Freyadika Rebbe laid out for our generation. As we have reiterated many times, we are the last generation of Golos and the first of Gaula. We stand at the conclusion of the great task all previous generations worked toward. All that is left is to polish the buttons. We are left to complete the great task, to ready this lowest world, ten so that it will be able to reveal Hashem Himself, 11, within the world's own terms. This mission is reflected in the date of the Freyadikah passing, the 10th day of the 11th month. Shvat is the 11th month, counting from Nissen. The symbolism of the day is that it is a time of revelation. The sun's light brings clarity and reveals the reality around us. The Hebrew word for month, chidesh, shares a root with the word for novelty, chidesh. A novelty is something that stands beyond the normal, natural way of things. Thus, the tenth day of the eleventh month carries the symbolic meaning of bringing the transcendent into the realm of the revealed, the eleven into the ten. More particularly, in the grand story of our generation, there are three epics. One, the first era concluded on Yud Shvat, the tenth day of the eleventh month, the day that marks the end of the Friyadik Rebbe's work in this physical world in 5710. Two, the second era began the next day, on Yud Aleph Shvat, the eleventh day of the eleventh month, in 5710, which marked the first full day after the Friyadikah Rebbe's histalkos. And most especially, this era began on Yud Aleph Shvat of the following year, 5711, which marked the beginning of the seventh generation from the Alter Rebbe. Three, the third era began on Huf Bey Shvat 5748, 1988, with the passing of the free daughter on the 22nd day of the 11th month. These three days have deep symbolic meaning hardwired into them. Each date represents a different step in the effort to complete the construction of Adira B'tachtaynim by infusing the 11 into the 10. 1. The world must be refined to the point where it lives up to its highest, most godly potential. It must be as perfect as it can be while still respecting its own limitations. This is the perfection of the ten, at which point the world becomes a keli for the revelation of eleven. Two, the world is then ready for the next stage, the revelation of Hashem's presence. When this occurs, the world loses touch with its own character and becomes swept along in the awe-inspiring demands divinity makes. It subsumes its own identity into the identity of transcendent godliness to the point where the ten becomes merely an aspect of the eleven. 3. The final stage requires us to get back in touch with our character and its limitations, but then brings it into sync with the way we behave during the second stage. The goal here is not to fight our yeshus, our ego, but to unite it so completely with God that our sense of self is now wholly godly. In this stage, the dwelling and the dweller become completely one. The world becomes directly reflective of the divine will. Ten and eleven cease to be distinct. These last two stages are reflective of two levels in transcendent godliness 11. One stage that insists on its own transcendence, and the other stage is the essence of Hashem Himself, which is equally comfortable within limitations as without them. These three stages correspond to the three epochs of our generation. 1. The time prior to Yud Shvat represented the final refinement of the world. The goal then was to polish the buttons and align the last stray bits of reality with the Divine Will. By the end of this process, ten and eleven were completely aligned in every way, but they still remained two separate realities. The transcendent eleven remained in the realm of chidush. the eleventh was the month, while the experienced reality, the day, was ten. Two, the next day, the eleventh day of the eleventh month, and more particularly, that date on the following year, 5711, marked the arrival of a new stage. Now the revealed reality, the date itself, insisted on transcendence. Having completed the focus on self-refinement, the Avaida moved to focusing on completely rising above one's own boundaries. In essence, We related to Hashem through complete Bittal. This is, however, not quite ideal. The 11 here is the kind of transcendence that cannot exist within limitation. It is the lower type of 11, which is limited to being unlimited. From here, we must progress to a yet higher way of serving God. In the final stage, there are no birurim remaining. Even the buttons have been polished. All that is left is to greet Mashiach, who will usher in a reality wherein 10 and 11 do not exist in tension with each other. It is the level of 11 that is just as comfortable within our boundaries as outside of them. In this stage, the 10 itself becomes an 11. The limitations that define us and make us who we are no longer stand in the way of our connection to God. Instead, they themselves become a way of expressing Him. 3. This is the seismic shift that Chav Be'i marked. Coming eleven days after the eleventh day of the eleventh month, it ushers in a reality where we fuse complete Bittal with maximal self-development. We are now able to find Hashem's essence by looking inward toward our truest selves instead of setting our existence aside. After completing the task of perfecting the ten and the subsequent nullification of self before the presence of eleven, we begin the epic of twenty-two, a time when we can draw upon Hashem's essence itself, which recognizes no distinction between the limited and the unlimited. Connection to the Rebbitzin. This idea is also implicit in the name of the rebitzin. Chaya connotes life and hints at those elements of the neshama that we experience consciously. Our feelings and intellect fall into this category. The name Mushka derives from a name for an aromatic spice. Aromatic smells and the sense of smell in general have a unique ability to restore to consciousness someone who has fainted. For this reason, as well as because of its intangible quality, the sense of smell is associated with the very core of the neshama. It has the ability to draw forth new life from the etzem. The coming together of these two names in one person signifies the coming together of these two spheres. After doing so, the core of our soul influences our conscious behavior and experience directly. In its most complete form, this means that every emotion we feel and every idea that occurs to us is aligned with our most authentic, Godly core. This innermost core of the soul is called the Yahida because it is completely united with God, tapping into its power we are able to bring together all the various levels of our souls so that they are all united around the same purpose and values.